Welcome to HealthCast, the heartbeat of health IT. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is Editor-in-Chief, Amy Kluber. Hi, Amy. Hello, Alex. So you had the opportunity to chat with Ian Komorowski, Executive Director of Strategic Investment Management at VHA. I guess my first question for you is, what does strategic investment management mean? That's a great question. And that's something that he basically dives into very well during his conversation. Because when you think about such a big organization, health IT is like such a critical component of their operations. When you think of things like 3D printing, the electronic health record, all this notable tech that impacts the healthcare landscape, you need to have kind of that office that is facilitating funding for those things. So that's basically what his office does. He prioritizes like what needs to be funded, how to get health IT in the door, and not just like a cool thing to have, but actually something that is able to be used and operationalized. Yeah, that's really interesting to have that perspective. We don't often get that. Um, In addition to Ian talking about his role What were some other topics of conversation? What came up? I think one of the interesting things that he brought to the forefront was how legislation impacts a lot of his decisions and the office overall. So he mentioned something like a lot of legislation doesn't actually come with funding. They kind of have to figure out how they're going to meet that legislation or whatever. But Uh, A couple of things do come with funding. So he mentioned like the CARES Act, the American Rescue Plan. So it's kind of like interesting to hear that balance of legislation and how it impacts an agency. And then another thing I thought was interesting, which he I'll let him speak to this, but VA just announced a notable accomplishment around homelessness and veterans. And I'll let him provide the exact stats and everything. But something that really stood out to me was when he said, if you get a veteran into a home, that's the starting point for their health care. So I thought that was pretty impactful because, you know, a lot of the times people are like, well, what does that have to do with health IT? What does that have to do with tech, et cetera? But at VA, it really, the mission really reigns true a lot of the times. And if you get a veteran into a home, you're getting them started into that tech journey that is so critical for such a big organization like VA. Wow, it really sounds like Ian was the perfect person to have this conversation with. This was also his first podcast ever. And that's really surprising to me because you'll hear like it was such a good conversation. And I'm honored to have been his first podcast. So, well, let's not keep our listeners waiting. Let's check out your conversation with Ian. All right. So you're executive director for VHA's Strategic Investment Management Office, and you're somewhat newish to the office, if I understand, and it has some oversight over uh, health IT investments. So can you tell me a little bit more about the office and what does that mean and how is it benefiting the veteran? Great question. So, yes, I, uh, I've been uh, 
the executive director of strategic investment management, or SIM, for about a year and a half. And we are actually part of the Veterans Health Administration and in the Office of Health Informatics. So we're, we are really on the business side of IT. And to a large extent, what we try to do is coordinate uh, the, the breadth and enterprise view of VHA's IT needs. We do that through actually three services that we provide, uh, business architecture, requirements development management, and investment governance service. And in our business architecture space, we, uh, the most tangible component that we do is business process modeling. Uh, we do that at the field level at, at facilities, but also for our national program offices. We often use that to elicit business requirements that our RDM service uh, manages. And those business requirements are developed in a solution neutral uh, terminology to help scope uh, the need that a, a program office needs. And then we work with our partners in the Office of Information Technology to get cost estimates for those so that, that we can then turn those into a request that gets prioritized uh, by our investment governance service. We try to uh, look at uh, all of uh, BHA's health IT needs comprehensively. So we do a multi-year program. Uh, this year, we're actually in the midst of our FY25 to 29 uh, MYP and look forward, you know, so we're really forward looking on that. And then again, partner with OIT to bring that into uh, OIT's overall budget and uh, represent, you know, VHA's uh, strategic priorities in, in a way that um, everybody can understand and we can move forward for funding uh, through the congressional budget cycle. Such an critical role when we're talking funding, especially for such a big organization like VA and VHA with that. So when we're talking about health IT, components of that can get pretty complex. I mean, you mentioned it yourself, you're talking business architecture, requirements, governance, and there's so many stakeholders at play. So how do you balance all this? That's a great question. And, you know, fundamentally, the again, the the um, bringing it all together and reviewing everything um, in, in, a, in a full package uh, allows us to create that balance. We have a lot of uh, legislative drivers that come in um, and uh, often when a new piece of legislation uh, triggers a need for uh, health information technology, we have to review that in context with all of our other needs, sustaining our existing systems, um, delivering on our core mission of healthcare, medical education research, and um, other components of, of VHA. And having that comprehensive view and managing that year over year, uh, SIM has existed for about uh, 10 years now, um, allows us to uh, look at new things in context with the rest of the enterprise and, and the, the historical needs. When we do the prioritization, it's not just my office, we actually facilitate the process. We are a formal part of uh, VHA governance. Uh, we have an IT committee that's co-chaired uh, by a central office member and a, a network director from the field, and then have a number of capability management boards below that. But again, they're co-chaired by central office and field staff with membership that looks at the needs and helps weigh them and their relative priority uh, against uh, every other need that we have. And you did mention legislation there, which I do want to pull on that more because there's so much that we've learned or heard about recently just in the news alone with the CARES Act, the PACT Act, the Compact, <laughs> so many priorities in play at the same time. How do you balance that and make sure the resources are properly allocated? Yeah, that's that's uh, a good question. Um, so with these large complex sets of legislation, uh, most of them do not actually come 
uh, with funding, right? So what happens is that we analyze them and see if maybe some projects that are existing uh, might support that piece of legislation. Um, and if not, then again, we go through our process, we create requirements, and uh, depending on the congressional deadline, may insert them as an unfunded requirement and, and try again, uh, compare that to the existing work um, and uh, try to get those going within the timelines that are in the legislation. Other pieces of legislation do come with funding. And you know, I'll talk a little bit about, in particular, some slightly older legislation, the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan, where uh, they were really focused on providing funding to help with our uh, pandemic response with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, in the, in the uh, BHA space, one of the things that um, was critically important to us is you know, not only um, having our uh, office staff and administrative staff shift to telework and needing to support that, but having to really shift our, our model of healthcare. Uh, historically, we do provide both in-person and, and uh, telehealth, um, but our, our telehealth care provision grew by about a thousand percent during the pandemic. And we needed to sustain that from a technology perspective. So particularly the CARES Act and then the American Rescue Plan, we were able to, to allocate that funding to support uh, health IT programs that were expanded uh, during uh, the pandemic. And telehealth is uh, just one of many examples. What it's also done though, because it's also special purpose funding, is that we were able to partner with the Office of Information Technology and tag that funding to projects or partial projects. And it's really actually improved transparency. Um, you know, OIT has been able to build dashboards for us so that we can track uh, what projects are being supported uh, by the American Rescue Plan, the CARES Act, and now the PACT Act, which is you know, a little different, but um, still really critical to our healthcare provision. And, and that transparency allows us to ensure that you know, the money is being spent efficiently, that the projects are delivering, and give us advanced uh, awareness that if we do need to shift that funding around, we can reallocate it and uh, ensure that it's being spent appropriately. We're going to take a break from today's interview and play a game I call Archive Deep Dive, where I challenge our hosts to identify a previous guest on our podcast. Playing today are Editor-in-Chief Amy Kluber and Staff Writer-Researcher Catherine McPhail. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi, Alex. Here are the rules. I will play the clip, and if you know the answer, buzz in using a buzzword. Today's buzzword is modernization. Oh boy. <laughs> if you get it wrong, the other player gets a chance to guess. If neither of you get the answer, I open the floor to random guessing until somebody gets it right or I give up and tell you. There are three clips today. Are you ready? Yep. So ready. All right. Here is your first clip. That it's really being market driven. It's not the government that necessarily is is mandating this. Modernization. It's, it's private oh, industry. That's Am I allowed to do really, that? Uh, yeah, you can. <laughs> in this it's um, Thomas Santucci, who is the DCOI director at the GSA. Very good. That is Thomas Santucci right off the bat. All right. Clip number two. You know, my time coming into AID coincided 
with the rise of mobile phones and the big uh, mobile revolution, and, and really saw that as the big game changer. Um, you know, it was right around the time where uh, feature phones were starting to pick up steam uh, in developing countries around the world. The first smartphones were coming online in our own lives. Uh, and we are starting to acknowledge the opportunities in front of us. Modernization. <laughs> yes. It's um, Chris Burns, who uh, works for USAID. Um, give me a second on the title. I can do this. It's, I mean, he's working on digital, director of digital. He's the director of digital. He's like the chief AI office, or not AI, chief digital, digital strategy something oh, officer. Yeah, um, chief first ever digital strategy officer, chief of digital strategy. It's something like that. It's something. kind of unusual. One of the chiefs. Yes, you're awfully close. It's chief digital development officer. Development. Mm. That's right. You got that one right off the bat as well. See, this is un this is very unfair because I did do both of those interviews, so I'm at an. I was advantage. wondering why you got those pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, Amy may be at an advantage for this one because a little hint is that this one's from all the way back in 2020. Ooh. Oh man. Hmm. But I think that the IT priorities and challenges are basically the same across federal and DOD organizations. We all tend to focus on providing reliable technology, processes, and resources to meet the mission of the organization, while balancing IT management requirements for uh, and operational readiness. Modernization? Yes. Gosh, I can like picture that episode. Uh, was it TikTok, TikTok, TikTok? <laughs> it wasn't uh, Wanda Jones' teeth, right? It was not, no. Let me do some hey, searching. Amy, no, no. <laughs> Gosh. Well, she's obviously a DOD. Is she? Oh, oh, man. Should we ask for a hint? I know. We need a hint. FEMA. Mm. FEMA 2020. Oh, La Hutchinson. That is correct. It is La Hutchinson. Very good. That's right. You know, this was one of the earlier episodes that I edited, and it was really interesting listening back those first couple of months when I was here. It was all pandemic coverage. It's so interesting to see the snapshot of where we were then. That is true. Really she was a very good interview. I believe she has left government since then. Well, she lives on not only in our podcast, but in Archive Deep Dive. Catherine, you have won today's round. But Amy, there's always next time where you can get your revenge. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for playing. And with that, let's go back to the episode. Again, because of the financial situation at play, it's such an important role, it sounds like, and can get kind of complicated. 
So when it comes to like things like emerging technologies, you mentioned telehealth, which, you know, we saw boom over the past couple of years, just not even just in government, but across the entire industry. So with other emerging tech and, you know, associated investments with those, how does the changing tech landscape impact how you kind of approach some of those business decisions? Yeah. It, it, it is complex and, and fast moving. You know, in the case of telehealth, uh, VA has been a leader for many years. And so it was more of a growth of a technology that already exists and we were well positioned for it. But with uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, the intersection of IT and healthcare, uh, there's always new things happening. And so my office tries to really help plan to scale things to the enterprise in that long-term plan. Uh, we actually partner with many of our uh, innovators uh, within VA. Within VHA, there's a health innovation organization. And again, they look at all types of, of healthcare innovation. A really good example there is 3D printing. 3D printing is, you know, besides being a, a pretty cool technology, right, where you can just create new things, it's actually become a critical component for uh, pre-surgical planning, for example, where we uh, turn... Uh, scans, MRIs, and, and CAT scans into a physical model, and a surgeon can actually go in and understand what that specific part of the body is within that particular veteran and um, better plan their surgery. They can explain the surgery to the veteran. And that technology has really emerged over the past few years. And as it's emerged, then we partner with the uh, healthcare innovators to really help build that into the planning over the long term. In a similar way, there's a chief technology office in the Office of Information Technology. Uh, we partner with them and uh, really try to identify uh, uh, pilot projects that are being successful and as they are ready to scale to the enterprise, really help step in and, and insert that into the planning cycles, uh, ensure that you know, the requirements are well-defined. And, and at least one of the perspectives we bring is because we take that enterprise view, we can understand what uh, some dependencies that um, maybe an innovator hadn't thought about um, and, and help them navigate through that. It's really interesting when you think about that kind of process, you know, it's not just the tech innovators are important. They're the ones uh, thinking up all this, but you kind of come in to swoop in and like actually make it happen and implement the tech from a business angle. So it's very interesting. How have you seen things change over your tenure there? What areas are you are you still working to improve? Yeah, the, so one of the interesting things um, I had worked uh, within the business architecture team about five or six years before I joined. So it's a, it's it's a pretty neat perspective, you know, coming back to an office that had many of the same folks that I had worked with before. You know, one of the things that I was able to bring uh, into this role currently is that um, just uh, my previous job just before this was with uh, VHA's Office of Healthcare Transformation, which is really a project management office for uh, senior VHA leadership. I was able to engage uh, with the field and, uh, again, with our business leaders very extensively for about a four and a half year time period, um, responding to the COVID pandemic, uh, implementing new things, helping to communicate with the field. And, and that perspective is one, one, I didn't have before, but two, uh, sometimes gets a little uh, lost uh, within health informatics and some of the technology uh, space. Um, and I brought a lot of relationships. So I've been able to really help uh, communicate the value of what SIM does to our senior VHA leaders um, and get them more engaged and help them empower some of their staff so that they can 
be more aware of the funding cycles so that they can present better business cases for the work that they do um, and, and really bring that forward. So and as part of that as well, again, we work very closely with the Office of Information Technology is, is really kind of bringing that same story to our folks our, and our partners uh, within uh, OIT and help them understand the, again, the, the, the role and the, of the operations within BHA and not just, you know, how the IT is implemented in, in BHA. Right. I like that. I like, I like the story there. That's kind of a, a good perspective of looking at it. So you mentioned kind of your previous role. You're not new to federal service. Uh, you've been in SCS ranks for about 18 months, but you've done other work for about 12-ish years. Yep. Um, you're kind of climbing up there. What advice do you have for people looking to get into government or someone to excel in their ranks and kind of taking on a similar trajectory as you have? Yeah. Well, one of the reasons I, I got into government was really joining VA and its mission. And the, um, you know, I, I believe that our, our mission is, is one of the best in government um, in that, you know, we're here to uh, provide uh, healthcare to veterans, but in a way that you can't get in the private sector, you know, the integration of it. Um, I actually just, uh, we, we actually just had some great news uh, yesterday uh, on the reduction of our homeless veterans. You know, we, yeah. we beat out a target goal and, and, and I think it was 42,000 veterans that, that we uh, helped uh, find a home. And, you know, there's evidence-based uh, research that shows that if you get a veteran into a home, their healthcare, you know, that's the starting point for the improvement of the healthcare. And so integrating those services together and that, that drive for a mission like we have in VA is a, a really critical part of why I've stayed engaged in my career in the federal space right now. Um, you know, sometimes you, you get a little frustrated with the steps you have to go through to get a job in federal government or even to get in between jobs and um, the time it takes. <laughs> it's not easy, right? And uh, so that, that, you know, having... You know, I, I've got the passion for the mission of VA. There's lots of other agencies out there, and I'm sure many of them believe they're the best mission in, in government as well. So finding that connection to, to help you work through that. Within VA, uh, you know, we do uh, focus on hiring veterans. I'm not a veteran. So, you know, if you are interested in VA and not a veteran, uh, my advice would be, uh, you know, find a niche skill. You know, I came in in the enterprise architecture and the business architecture discipline, which is you don't find a lot of enterprise architects out there in relation to a lot of the other jobs. So if you have that niche, niche skill where you can come in and um, get engaged with the organization, that's a, that's another a good approach. And I guess, that, you know, as I've moved up uh, into the SES uh, core here, you know, really the, the being able to make decisions and guide the organization is also very satisfying. And, um, you know, that's, that's been a key part of, of my journey as well. That's very incredible kind of story there and one that's that resonates a lot with other VA leaders that we've spoken to. Um, but that mission, definitely, I'm glad you brought up the the homelessness accomplishment there, because uh, a lot of the times when you read news like that, many don't think about like the behind the scenes work that you're kind of working on. But from this industry angle, it's important to kind of recognize like here's all the important work that goes in behind the scenes to make something so impactful like that happened. So I'm really glad I got to talk to you about that and kind of get another look into that process. Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> well, Ian, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. Like I said, a good look at behind the scenes of some of the things that are going on in tech right now and especially in health IT. So this was a great conversation. I'm so glad to have you and thank you so much. 
You're welcome. I appreciate you having me on and uh, it was a great conversation. Thank you very much. That was a terrific conversation. As you said, I'm surprised that this is Ian's first appearance on a podcast. I thought that went great. Before we wrap up the episode, Amy, are there any last thoughts or highlights that you want to leave our listeners with? To me, it's really interesting to note like future legislation that's going to come out. And when you're thinking about it in the context of VA, how I'm going to think about that as far as Ian's office and how he's going to start thinking about like instituting new tech and some of the emerging things that are on the horizon. So I'll be keeping my eyes open for that. Yep. And we here at GovCIO Media Research will be following along with any updates that happen going forward. But until then, that's all for today's HealthCast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. We'll be back next week with a new interview. But until then, I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Amy Kluber. Thank you for listening. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.